So I'm going to call him. We're going to be bringing this guy to, uh, to Phoenix. We're, we're going out to you and bringing stuff to us. Going out to you and bringing stuff to us. We are bringing um, Jeff Abagov to Phoenix. If you've ever thought about, let's see if this is working. I'm getting no ring. Oh, there we go. Uh, we'll see if he, uh, you know, I hope he, uh, we might not have, this might be our fault. Hello? Hey, buddy. Hey, are we on the air? Uh, kind of. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't doing it this week. <laughs> you know, it, I, it, it crossed my mind uh, last night as I was, uh, as I was drifting off as uh, uh, on cat's paws into uh, dreamland, I went, wait a minute, were we doing it this week? And I thought, you know what? It won't hurt to call my friend, Jeff, on a Friday morning and say hello, even if we weren't planning on doing some sort of interview. So, uh, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm, glad that, uh, I'm glad I caught you. I know that oftentimes on Friday mornings you go on... Uh, uh, contemplative walks on the beach with your hands behind you uh, and your lower lip stuck out like Churchill as you uh, plan and plot your next uh, invasion of creativity. Okay. <laughs> that's, an, that's a good picture. That's a good picture. You walking along the beach with your hands folded behind your back and your lips stuck out. Going, there will always be another novel. <laughs> they, they, I may not write a television show, I may not write a movie, but I'll always write a novel. <laughs> <laughs> the new thing I learned in the last couple of weeks is, you know, like sometimes when you're writing comedy, um, sometimes you'll come up with a joke and you just know it's a good joke. Other times you'll come up with a great joke, so much more than you expected, and you'll actually make yourself laugh, right? Yeah, yeah. You've experienced both of those. Well, I'm writing something... Part of my new book, um, I got to like a sad part that I knew what was going to happen. I knew it was going to be a little sad, but it ended up so much sadder than I expected. And I was really sad all day. Your own, your I mean, own, it's your own the same kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing as your own joke making you laugh, but on the polar opposite side of emotion. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. It, I, I mean, it makes sense, but it never occurred to me that it would work that way. Now, I've written jokes that have made people sad, but that was not the, uh, the intent of the joke. So uh, right. I've told a joke to people, that made me sad. Um, in this sad part, like... No, yeah, it was kind of like, oh my God, Daddy, you're going to lose your job. <laughs> no, ca <laughs> no cats got hurt or anything, right, in the sad part of your book? <laughs> What? No cats or anything get, get hurt in your sad part of your book, right? No, I said it was sad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Do you have a cat? <laughs> what? You should have a cat. I shouldn't have a cat. No, you dare. Listen, listen. Uh, let me, first off, like, I like cats. I've had cats before. I have dogs now. But you, um, 
You live alone on a uh, windswept. I'm much. I'm much more a dog person. If I were to have a pet, it would be a dog. No, see, but he, 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 so let me, let me, hear me out. Okay, you live alone on a windswept peninsula high over the ocean, where oftentimes the mist and the moors come floating in, and you're there alone, and you oftentimes stare out the window, you know, pulling at your chin. Um, but you're all by. You should get a cat or a turtle. How about a turtle? Um, you know what? I'm going to get you a turtle. Cat, I would go with turtle before cat. I'm going to get you either a turtle or a frog. Please don't, though. No, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> how, about, how about this? How about a hermit crab? They're easy to take care of. I, I would just set it free. All of these are pets that I've had when I've lived alone in the past. I, I, I had a dog, fantastic dog, who died a couple of years ago, and I'm just no, I'm not joking now. I know. Um, I'm just not ready. Well, that's I why I feel like I'm cheating on her. You need to work your way up. You know, maybe a, a guppy. A what? A guppy. A little fit. A little fishbowl, like a classic little fishbowl, like round fishbowl with like one single. No. I don't think this conversation is going to draw anyone to my speaking engagement. I think of all the conversations <laughs> we've had, this is the one. You know why? Because it humanizes you. What was I before? <laughs> uh, you, you were a lonely man on a windswept peninsula <laughs> with your lips sticking out, your hands behind you going, I will always write a novel. And now people go, you know, he's just another fella. <laughs> so here's the thing. I wanted to tell you this on the air. Uh, I am uh, uh, pretty much closing the deal on something that I'm doing in the Midwest in September. And the only reason, my friend, We've been, um, uh, and, and you know, we've amassed a, a, a really great library of interviews with you. Um, right. And um, the only reason we haven't announced yet your, um, your arrival in Phoenix uh, right at the beginning of the fall is because uh, we're still, we're just now finishing this deal on going to St. Louis and possibly a couple other cities in the Midwest this winter. And I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to overfill my plate and then not be able to give things their proper attention. But once, I, as soon as I announced this St. Louis thing, which should be uh, at the end of the weekend or Monday morning, then right away we're going to announce when you're going to be coming out. And for those of you listening, you, when he comes out, you want to come out. Uh, so many people in this city, good people, talented people. And when you agree, I mean, a lot of people who are starting out or want to start out and they're living in a city like... Oh, say Phoenix or St. Louis or Cincinnati or Toronto or Montreal. Uh, to them, Los Angeles is just like almost like a mythical place out there, and they have no idea of how things work. And when they get the, they get to Los Angeles or New York, they get kind of lost. And you're a guy who's done it, and it's worked for you. And for people in Phoenix that want to hear from someone who knows how to do it, can help. Uh, you get over a few of the, uh, at least be aware of some of the pitfalls and tell you a boatload about writing. You're the guy to come out and see. I think that started as a question. Yeah, I think so too, but that's okay. Yeah, it made sense. You know what? You, when, I, when I reflect on it now, and I'm reflecting on it, it made sense. Um, hey, I wanna, here's a question I want to ask you. And it, it's, it's not really... A, when you first got, I was listening to a, uh, another interview show. On the, I was listening to uh, Dwight Yoakam on the Bakersfield Beat. Very fascinating guy. 
because he's, you know, he is a singer, but he's also an actor, but primarily a singer, songwriter. Uh, he moved to Los Angeles from Kentucky. And he was talking to another singer songwriter who said, wasn't it weird when you first came to Los Angeles and realized the Pantages Theater actually exists? So (laughs) are that these things that you saw on TV were real? So did you experience that when you first got to Los Angeles? Went, wow, these things that I've heard about are just seen as backgrounds on television shows. They're right in front of me. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised they were real, but I was surprised... Like, but it was like cool to see. But you also have to ask, okay, so I'm from Montreal. So like, you know, Toronto, in Canada, Toronto's the place to go to. It's uh, like here, there's LA or New York. There mm-hmm. it's Toronto. Um, I mean, that's kind of the center. If there is a center, that's the center. Um, so I went there, failed miserably. And then went back to Montreal and then came here and I just, I got it. I just loved it. Like, I got, you get off the plane. As you're driving away from the airport, you're seeing palm trees. And I'm going, this is so cool. So I just loved it right away and felt, even before I knew where anything was, I felt really just, yeah, this could be home. Hey, so that, that brings me to another question. You said you went to Toronto and failed miserably and then went back to Montreal. How do you know the difference between failing miserably and, well, it just hasn't happened yet? Um, the amount of time in, bet- in between where, like, there's just, you don't know anyone, you don't know who to, like, wait, I'm not putting that well. Hold on. Okay, like, for a long time in L.A., I'd have, like, I'd get this, someone's reading my script. I'm waiting for them to call. I'm hoping for just a production assistant job. Because like anyone, you know, just starting out, you're willing to do anything. Um, So waiting for some, the phone to ring about some job, then I find another opportunity for the, for the next one. And in between the first one says, calls and says no. So, but in other words, like during every rejection, there's another possibility. In Toronto, there just seemed to be no possibility. Ah. I've known, uh, I know people in Los Angeles, been there 30 years, and they've done two commercials and a guest appearance, and and, and, and not putting them down. These are amazing people. And between that time, you know, they, they go, all right, I have to get a regular job, and they get some sort of regular job. Um, and they, they're part of a theater group that, you know, is in an 80-seat theater in in an old storefront in East Hollywood. So some people look on them, you know, rather uh, sadly, but I've always looked at them as, as, as amazing people because um, they, uh, they go, all right, it just hasn't happened yet. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, um, I don't know, uh, you don't have to answer because you don't want to. I think that a life of it just hasn't happened yet is a better life lived than a life of it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah I, I would tend to agree with that. I mean, you're currently not. Uh, well, I, actually, like, can I just yeah, slightly sure. rephrase that? Yeah, um, it has a life of it hasn't happened yet is better than a life of, gee, what would have happened if I hadn't quit? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, let me ask you a more fun question now. 
What, what was your okay? F- by the way, just to just to fill in the gap, the reason I went to b- back to Montreal wasn't giving up. It was at a certain point people were saying like. Do you have a script? And I went there like pretty much right out of film school. And they'd say, see my student films, hey, you're good. Do you have a screenplay? No. Well, when you have a screenplay, come back. So the plan was to um, go back to Montreal, move back with my parents, write the screenplay, then go back to Toronto. Only I decided instead of going to, to back to Toronto to come to L.A. Okay, go. Next question. All right. So here's the that, that actually formulated another question in my mind, but I'm going to ask you the fun question. What was your first celebrity sighting? It was the night I got here, actually. Uh-huh. A friend of a friend who was living here picked me up at the airport, uh, said, you hungry? We went to, and it was late. It was like, um, went to like all night diner in Beverly Hills. And there was Connie Stevens and Entourage. <laughs> Now, I bet most people listening don't know who Connie Stevens was, and I can't even tell you any of her credits, but she was famous for something. She was famous. She was, she was, uh, she could sing, I believe. Uh, she was very pretty. She got, kind of got those fun. Oh, she was gorgeous. Yeah. Sex kitten rolls and like a lot of sixties light comedies, you know, they were like two or three steps below a uh, Rock Hudson Doris Day film. But uh, worked for a long time, and because she was yeah. versatile, and she had a, um, you know, she was versatile. She could sing and dance and act. She was able to. Um, that's the problem for a lot of folks, by the way, and that's one of the things I respect about you so much. Um, uh, I have actor friends of mine that, in between getting hired, there's really nothing for them to do. You know, there's no way for them to make any money. You know, right. so, so you know, so you 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 were uh, a recurring on a, uh, a Hulu series for a year, which is better money than, you know, waiting tables, but once it's gone, it's gone. Um, and then there's nothing for them to do, but people who can write and people that can sing and people that can do stand-up comedy, when it's not happening for them, can go, all right, we're going to go on the road. We're going to take this show out. So, uh, right. and, and you, of course... Um, when you're not writing television shows or somebody goes, we'd like to hire you to write this television show, you go, all right, fine, I'm going to write a novel. Or when you decide, I'm not going to write television shows for a while. So right. I think it's important to be kind of multifaceted. Multi- I know, I, look, I know, I know kids who go, I just want to be a comic. That's all I want to be. Don't want to do anything else. Just be a comic, man. And I go, you know, that's a noble uh, thought. But it's not a wise ambition. Know how to do a couple right. of things. Well, actually, when I remember when I was in the brief, my brief tenure as a stand-up, I remember thinking one of the frustrating things for me was all the like older guys. I don't necessarily mean older by age, but senior, the ones who've been doing it longer. Everybody, and, and I like, kind of like doing stand-up. Everybody else, it was a step. It's like, I'm going to do this to get a TV show, to get a talk show, to become an actor, to get a sitcom, to whatever. It was all, I'm going to do this to get this. Like, is there no one who just, are <laughs> there no stand-ups who just want to be stand-ups? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know what? Around the time that you started, which is right around the time I started, um, that, was, that was the boom, you know, know. That, that mid-80s thing where... Someone you knew who was an actor, who you'd seen on TV several times, was broke, 
and you weren't on TV, but you had just come from Phoenix and Seattle and Spokane and came home with, you know, uh, money in your pocket because you had gone on the road and told jokes. And when you came back to Los... So, yeah, there was that sort of mono-focus. There was that... There was also that... That was just starting to happen. But before that, it was that. You know, it was, uh, yeah, I'm just doing this to... uh, Just doing this till I get my talk show. And some comedy purists... That was the first time that I realized that some comics didn't get along. There are comedy purists going, I'm so sick of people doing this just so they can be an actor. I'm sick of actors doing this. They're, they're invading our space. It got very weird. Uh, do you want me to tell you my first celebrity sighting? Sure. Okay. I mean, do you really want... Do you, I mean, you're sitting there going, now that, I've, now that I've told Tony, Tony better tell me. Did that go through your head? Did you... You got it? No. Do you really want it? Do you really... Okay, I'm going to tell you. Uh, That's so creepy. <laughs> I've got creepy. I can do creepy very well. You want creepy? I didn't know we, we need someone creepy. Call Visick. I'm here. What do you want? <laughs> do you want it? Do you really? Do you really? Just want keep it? the trench coat on, asshole. Just, can I swear here? I'm sorry. Yeah, just say yes. Just say. All right. So um, here was my first celebrity sighting. It was at the corner of you know Highland. Coming down, like, you know, away from the Hollywood Bowl, going into Hollywood. Right where it does yep. that little swing around and uh, right uh-huh. where, where Franklin kind of cuts across it, but does that weird kind of cut across. It's not a straight diagonal. It kind of wands down. And there's the church, the big church at the corner of Highland and Franklin. And across the street for a long time was a, a, a Chevron station. I don't know if it's still there. But uh, I had an apartment just right up about a half a block from that church. Uh, this long winding apartment that went way up in the Hollywood Hills. Um, you had to walk up like five. It was a walk up. So I was getting gas there and it was raining at the Shell station, Hollywood and Franklin. And there was a guy wearing a yellow raincoat, a bald headed middle-aged man wearing a yellow raincoat, bent down, like crouched down, pumping gas into some car where you pumped it into the back where the trunk was, like a Chevelle. Gene Kelly. No, no, okay. no. <laughs> and... It's raining, and I've got a lot of anxiety. This is all kind of new to me. I'm from St. Louis, and there's a lot of traffic, and everything costs 10 times more than I thought it was going to cost. And I I was trying to figure out something about the gas station, and I said, excuse me, sir, do you work here? And the bald-headed man with the yellow raincoat looked up and goes, no, I don't work here. And it was Pernell Roberts from Trapper John M.D. Bonanza. Oh, right, that's cool. So my first celebrity sighting, the guy was a total prick to me. It was like he he looked up like I had just shoved dirt in his mouth by asking that question. No, I don't work well, here. Well, I never approached Connie, but I have a feeling she would have been very sweet. Yeah, you never. You know what, Jeff? If you had approached Connie that night, it might have been a whole different life. It might have been. She was with a bunch of guys who looked like they had money. You know, like Steve and Edie. <laughs> it might have been, you know, Connie and Jeff. You know. You uh, could, okay. You know, you could have done. Uh, Except you, I can't sing or dance. Well, you could have taken lessons. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people say that uh, um, Steve Lawrence couldn't sing or dance either. So, uh, anyway, look, this okay. is, I was just gonna, you know, because we weren't prepared, um, I was just gonna do a ten minute hi, how are you? The main thing I wanted to let people know. First off, I always like talking to you. Um, the first, the main thing I want to let people know is that within the next now ten days, we'll be announcing when you'll be coming out. And uh, what all that will entail. And uh, uh, we're excited to be having you out here. 
you've come out here a couple times for us. So I've done conventions, and you were out here for the conventions. But that was quite yes, some... I was. Those were fun. Those were fun. And now, um, and now we're both um, um, settled down men. All right, I'm settled down. I don't know what you are. You're very unsettled. Um, <laughs> Always have been. Even when I was settled, I was unsettled. Would you rather be unsettled or unsettling? What? Would you rather be unsettled or unsettling? Like to go, he's very unsettling. Oh, unsettled. Unsettled, all right, all right. I, think I mean, I, basically you're saying, who would you rather hurt, yourself or others? Yeah, and you'd rather hurt yourself. Yeah, it's not, I mean, I don't know, you know, I think if we all, like, stopped hurting each other, it'd be a better world, and maybe then we wouldn't feel the need to hurt ourselves. You know, you should write 60s folk songs. <laughs> How do you know I haven't? <laughs> Let's stop hurting each other, and it'll be a better world. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to let people know when you're coming out. Just know, folks, that he is coming out, and that if you're interested in screenwriting, if you're interested in television writing, if you're interested in writing novels, this is a guy uh, to speak to. Also, if you're looking for a great summer read, or a winter read, but it's summer, so we're going to say a summer read, but definitely a great summer read, uh, go on uh, Amazon. Is that correct? Yep. Amazon and pick up a copy of uh, Time Travel for Love and Profit or Zombies versus Aliens versus Vampires versus Dinosaurs. Z-A-V-D. Uh, I guarantee that you will enjoy reading them. They are a lot of fun. So uh, two novels out. And uh, if you can't afford novels, just keep flipping your TV channels enough and you'll run across some television show that he wrote or produced. Jeff, thank you. Thank you, Tony. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Now, see, that's a pro. That's a pro that we, uh, we weren't even sure uh, what was going to happen. Yeah. And, and it happened. That was very cool. Uh, okay, you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to take a brief break when we come back, I hope. Don't go away. Or do go away and come back. Always remember this, friends. If you go away, you can come back. 